ready for brain stories? Get inspired and learn from thought leaders, CEOs, business owners, and managers who tell their brain stories, who share their valuable insights from their own experience. Welcome to Brainstalk. I'm your host, Bridget. For brand lovers, this show is to help you develop and grow your brand in a more strategic and sustainable way. Walk the talk. Let's get started and dive with me into the world of brains. My guest today is a leading edge business mindset strategist to entrepreneurs and small to medium business owners ready to elevate their performance and reignite the fire and passion back into their life and business. Using her tailored, unique, agile framework that encapsulates her 20 years of experience in change management, accounting, marketing, process improvement, scenario planning, and using analytics, she works directly with those entrepreneurs and small to medium business owners who are looking for the competitive edge, those ready to make the difficult decisions that provide the cash flow to bridge and navigate any terrain facing them. She believes it is time to powerfully partner business leaders to stop surviving and start thriving, armed with proven business strategies that infiltrate any business challenge now and in the future. I warmly welcome Nita Solanke, welcome to Brands Talk. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Bridget, for the introduction and uh, you know just portraying everything. It's uh, it's it's nice. Uh, thank you for the introduction and thank you for the opportunity as well. You are so welcome, and I'm so glad to have you as my guest today and to learn from the way of how you teach others to thrive instead of to survive. So before we go into that, Nita, could you tell us a little bit about your background, about your journey, your personal journey, your business journey that brought you right into where you are now? Thank you. And, you know, you've perfect this, um, this podcast just brilliantly in terms of, you know, don't let others define you. And that's when I got to learn more about myself in that no, I am a free spirit and I grew up in a single parent family where in a way it was a bit more, there was a lot of freedom, but at the same time there was that community of feeling belonged and everything. Um, so I qualified as a, what we call a management accountant in the UK. Um, and it was a great experience because I did that as an accountancy degree and I started that as my career. But then <laughs> something just changed, but it was just, it was what people said that I was thinking, oh, you're going to promote me because I've, um, you know, qualified as a management accountant, but you just said you won't get anything better elsewhere, you know? And for me, that was like, you've just challenged me. And um, from what I've, you know, how I've been brought up and, you know, being brought up in a single parent family where there's five children, all the, all under the age of eight. <laughs> Oh it my was, god <laughs> it's like well how can i prove that you know uh that actually you know what I, I i will be the one who decides that and so straight away i put myself out there expecting to work in another company um 
as as an accountant and and it was it was such a shame because I really loved working where I was I worked in the if you know Cadbury's chocolate I was working on the ground smelling the chocolate every day so it was absolutely oh my god <laughs> it was absolute heaven um although I had to trans uh, change from going to the chocolate factory to go going swimming just to kind of look after myself but then I uh, had the opportunity to uh, actually enter the software world um one thing I did do when I was an uh, as an accountant I found I discovered that I didn't want to rely on other people, you know, and again, being brought up in a single parent family, it's like, you know, you, there's so many people you can't rely on and you, because you need to just get things done. And so I didn't really, um, I wouldn't say I'm impatient, but I didn't like the fact that I was having to rely on the IT department to manage some of the systems and everything. And so I kind of promoted myself to say, I'm going to take my own initiative to look after this. But that was classic software experience. And then you know, over the next 20 years, I was literally um, working with business owners, working with small to medium to large corporations to say, well, where are you today and where do you want to go? And how can we automate and become more efficient? Uh, and being as a software consultant, I was working in, you know, in finance, seeing data flowing through various, um, you know, throughout the business but also in different industries, which helped me kind of give me exposure of thinking outside the box. You know, what happens yeah. in financial services, the retail industry can benefit and vice versa and everything. So my journey has been um, working, as I say, in change management in terms of people changes from automate, from manual systems to, you know, auto, um, computerized integrated uh, systems, but also analytics as I mentioned because of my accountancy background I've always loved mm -hmm. maths and you know interpreting oh. data yes mm -hmm. uh, interpreting data is to say because in accounts you you're so busy producing results of historic what happened but to yeah. give to give people the chance to say well what does this actually mean you know how can mm -hmm. you use this for better decision making and and improve and I'm always forever improving that it was just it was so inspiring because you take away all the tedious jobs that you know accountants or you know managers had to do to you know giving them a bit more challenging analytical decision making so that they can actually make decisions with confidence and that's literally it's been a, quite a journey for me to actually do that myself and um, the over the last two three years during the COVID uh, period it has been uh, quite a journey uh, I'm sure we'll go into that a, a bit later on so yes I moved from an accountant to um, a software business consultant in uh, you know different industries and working with different types of people which which has been amazing mm -hmm. absolutely thank you Wonderful and very courageous story, actually. And in 2017, you decided to leave the safety net and became your own boss. So you were helping clients making decisions with confidence. So you shifted from being a corporate into solopreneurship. What made you leave the safety net in the first place? What made you want to become your own boss? What is your the so-called big why and your vision. Uh, it's funny you should ask that because there was a few, you know, I listened to lots of podcasts, you know, for learning and uh, <laughs> to, you know, kind of appreciate other people's experiences and everything. 
And I hear all too often is that, you know, the universe kind of gave them some signs. And I'm going to say I probably ignored them because there were signs when I was in the corporate world working for a large, you know, um, corporation called IBM that um, there were signs where I didn't feel comfortable working in, you know, lots of, you know, there was processes, there was uh, scripts in terms of what you've got to say and everything. And then I, it was a case of I'm not really being myself. Okay, but I carried on because, you know, there was lots of support. I was going on leadership programs and being mentored and everything. And it was it was a great experience. But then mm -hmm. I actually got made redundant. And, and that was the big shock because I thought I was actually going up the ladder, but then I was just literally dropped. Um, so it felt really it was I mean, I, I say I felt like I was literally dumped from the honeymoon period where a lot of people said, oh, I can't believe you're enjoying where you are. And I think that's us. It's what you make it out to be. I was really enjoying what I was doing. And so I was actually lost. I didn't know what to do. Um, mm. And one thing that I did then, which I, 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 you know, has been quite valuable because I've been doing it uh, ever since, is just carrying on showing up. It's not what you don't have or not. It's not what you've lost. It's what you've already got within you. And so when I was told that, you know, there is, I was at risk, a lot of people then go on to, in the UK, it's called gardening leave, where they can just stop working and start looking at what they, um, start looking for another job and everything. I'm very passionate about customer satisfaction, uh, you know, making sure that what, you know, if they're relying on me and they need the services, then I actually carry on looking after them. And so I actually carried on working because there was customers that needed some attention. And what happened was, um, one one company actually whose my time to them was actually free because it's part of the service they actually offered me a job and i was like oh my god um i don't believe i can do this but yet they believed that i could you know they saw the not only the passion but also you know, the connections that i had the knowledge that i had from on the other side that they said you can do it and you know within the month I was actually offered the management role and I was like, I've never been a manager. No, you could be fine. And so it was, you know, when others don't believe in, you know, when, when you don't believe in yourself, but other people do, okay? When you're stuck and you don't know what to do and you need guidance, that's my why. Because I help solo entrepreneurs to do where, you know, because I was there. I know what it feels like when you're stuck and you're so used to having that cushion of, you know, um, a sales team or a technical team or you know a finance team and a hr team to look after you suddenly you've got to do all by yourself and so mm. because i have the experience of you know as you said change management working with people accountancy as well as technology i can give that you know past that experience past that you know holding hand to solo entrepreneurs that can basically help them take the courageous action that you know they've already got within them to take they just need someone, that accountability, that, um, you know, the I'm going to say, that, you know, that perseverance, but also help them believe in themselves because, oh, my God, I was so there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's the best way to help others when you have been there as well. You went through it as well and feeling how to be lost and how to get stuck and how to um, getting dropped. So where do you believe you got your resilience from? Okay. Well, resilience is, you know, one's ability to adjust or to recover from, you know, a, a major life change. And 
firstly, you know, it actually came from my mom. You know, imagine she had five kids to bring up all under the age of eight. Um, And I was the youngest girl. So I kind of spent a lot of time with her, watched her, see how she, you know, also helped lots of other people. Um, But also, I'm going to say, you know, and this is so true, I would help without any expectation of return. Okay, so just watching my mom um, was was a, you know a role model, and she, she she still is to tell you the truth. Um, secondly, as it gets hard, you know the challenges get harder and harder. You find that actually you can't do things alone. You need the support, and this is where my husband Jay comes in, reminding me of the inner strength that I have, Re- almost protecting me as well to kind of say you know you're helping all these people, but you know what are you getting and. I, I get the satisfaction of helping people, but you can over, you can nurture so many people that you forget to look after yourself. Okay. And so, uh, but also siblings, you know, mom, where my mom had, you know, five kids in five years, it means my brothers and sisters are we're all, roughly all the same age. And so I have WhatsApp groups with my sisters. So if I need any help, you know, they're there. I even have a WhatsApp group for all the neighbors around where I live so that we support each other. And mm-hmm. it is about, you know, recovery in terms of knowing what your values are knowing that uh, you know what your values are but also what you believe in standing your ground and actually saying actually no I'm better than this because I know I can do this and you need to remind yourself of all the challenges or all the in fact when people say they have problems you should convert them into challenges how can I you know this doesn't all these you know situations they don't just happen to you that happened for you and so if you have that mindset to say oh my god I may got made redundant I don't know what to do and it's like well actually how can I use this to my advantage how can I how can I learn from this to help me take forward and you know again as life throws challenges and situations to you you have to not judge the moment and kind of, sometimes you need time to get over it I have to say you know uh, but by having the right people around you having that support but also knowing what you believe in and what you what's important to you, and that's how it uh, helps me move forward. Mm-hmm. I love what you've just mentioned that these challenges happen not to you; they happen for you. Mm-hmm. So, is there a specific, let's call it setback, yeah, that you were confronted with in your life on your journey? Any experience that was so important for you? that you could turn around and that inherently offered a huge opportunity to learn from. Mm. Is there anything that you would like to share with us? Yeah. Um, you know, looking back, you know, all those times where I had new opportunities and challenges, for example, when I was, um, when I came out of university and I did, uh, I was just um, having short-term jobs, temporary jobs. Um, and when I was offered a, a permanent role, I was like, Oh, let me just ask myself, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? How is this going to help me as an opportunity? But what will it actually take away from me in terms of a threat? And so I've always been in that position of, you know, doing what I call a SWOT analysis of where I am today and how can I use that to help me move forward? But what I learned is I was actually being reactive. You know, the situation happened and now I'm assessing, you know. And so by being proactive to kind of say, actually what am I good at and how can I use that for the future okay and I can see this coming up how can I is that a threat or is that an opportunity and so 
you know, I mean, before COVID happened, I already knew that I was exhausting my network in terms of, you know, um, being a, a, an independent consultant, a CEO of my own business, that I needed to do something different. Okay. Um, but I was, I was waiting for the situation to happen as opposed to planning ahead. And so, but all, as I said, in my times at IBM, I was being going on leadership courses and I was being mentored. And so going back to, you know, others believe that I could do that. Others believe that, you know, I had it within me, but I didn't, you know, didn't see it in myself. And so yeah. I was proactive in the sense that asking the right questions to say, oh, you say, you know, you give me this opportunity. Why is that? You know, mm-hmm. uh, how can I um, use all these facilities that were given to me to help me move forward? And so if, if I had asked those questions to myself first, but you know, to understand myself more, my values, rather than doing it at a crisis time when COVID hit, then, you know, I, I think I would have moved a lot faster in terms of, you know, just believing in myself more rather than have other people say it to me. <laughs> That's a great learning to take away. Ask more questions. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, so we are learning much quicker, we leap much more going forward if we would do so. Great. So when it comes to marketing, Nita, you talk about stamping your presence. How was this inspired? Okay. Yes. So um, the the framework that I use to coach um, businesses is, you know, it goes through five P's. And one of the P's is, as you said, stamping your presence. And during my time, you know, where I was doing the research of my framework, I was actually my first client in terms of, you know, looking at my persona, looking at the people around me, looking at my presence in the market, as well as my cash uh, pool of cash, as well as the profit. Um, and I was doing a course, I don't know if you heard of Mind Valley, there are, you know, um, online uh, mm-hmm. ways of learning. And I was doing a public speaking course by uh, Lisa Nichols. And she said that you need to own your voice, okay? Uh, also, I came across on the Forbes website, a gentleman called Andrew uh, Zadecki, I think I pronounced that correctly. And he concluded in his study in 2008, he said, you know, companies are just getting by, but if they enter the digital world, they'll actually learn to thrive in business. And he concluded mm-hmm. to say, show up, attract attention and prove why you are better than the competition. Showing up is the easy part. Once you're there, it's really up to you to decide how much time to invest in building your digital presence. Studying the competition will help you to find and capitalize on big win opportunities in the digital space. And so stamping your presence was about putting your digital voice out there because if you don't, others will. And so it's owning your presence in the market, making sure that, you know, you, you've got a bio, you know, um, that's consistent to who you are. Because, you know, people, it's not what you sell, it's who you are as, as you present yourself. So by being authentic in your own way, that's how people buy from emotions. And so if you own your voice and put it out there the way you want it to be portrayed, then you're off to a good start. Yeah. So define yourself. Otherwise, others will do it for you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So can you give us an idea of um, whom you are exactly empowering? Who is your client? And 
what are their major pain points when they come to you? Okay. And um, what is the desired outcome, basically, <laughs> that you can offer? <laughs> yeah. um, I found that, you know, there's a lot of business owners that, you know, they've taken that courageous step already in terms of becoming their own boss and, you know, they're loving it. But all mm. the time they get to a stage where they're actually either stuck because they want to grow and they don't know how to, or yeah. they're just overwhelmed and they're just working silly hours that they just don't have the energy anymore. You know, yeah. I mean, to yeah. tell you the truth, when I was young, or probably 10, 15 years ago, I never actually wanted to be my own boss because I know that I would put 110%, but then put everybody else first and not look after myself. All the exactly. time, especially when you have kids, because I've got two boys, um, it's like, you know what? Actually, I deserve this. And so where I thought I've never, ever become my own boss, I have, um, because I've got that discipline of not only looking after myself, but to learn that you're not being selfish by doing that self-care, you're being stronger for other people. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. because I've been there in terms of, you know, I started my own business, I didn't know where to go and then I didn't believe in myself. I help, you know, it, as I said, it's helping those business owners that, and again, it doesn't really matter how, what industry they're in or whether they're at a startup or, a, you know, an established business. It is a case of if they're stuck and they, they don't know what to do, if they don't, if they're overwhelmed and they're just like not getting anywhere, it's almost like one step forward, but two steps back. Um, yeah. That that's the kind of businesses that I help. And because it's that, again, that five pillars holistic approach of looking at your, your persona, your mindset, looking at the people that you interact with, such as your customers and your, you know, the supportive um, tribe that you should have around you. Um, it is, an, it, it, as I said, you know, igniting that fire and passion into their life so they can ignite it into their mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. And it is about having those solid foundations. And this probably comes back to my accountancy experience where we learned about a balanced scorecard. You know, a profitable business isn't just about the numbers. You've got to think about client satisfaction. You've got to think about your market share as well as the bottom line in terms of what profit that you have. Yeah. And, and, and so it is about taking that balance approach so that, and, and also, you know, as I call myself a business strategist because it's the strategies that I've, you know, accumulated over, over my lifetime um, to kind of say, this will help you today, but also tomorrow, in five years' time and in 20 years' time. And so it's an investment for you to kind of say, how can you get smarter? How can you do, you know, more with less? How can you grow without actually growing your working hours? And it's all of those um, questioning, the strategies and processes that I help business owners, as I said, to not just survive, but thrive in business. So where are they located geographic-wise? What's your scope? You also being such an international person. Um, I actually, um, so I'm based in the UK and I've always done face-to-face, -face, but actually um, I, my first webinar was probably 10, 20, 10, 12 years ago. So I'm quite used to working remotely as well to reaching out to, to mm -hmm. people and so and obviously everyone has exploded in terms of having that worldwide interaction and that hasn't been you know hasn't been new to me at all because working for large corporations it's it's okay to have 
you know, product development in Canada or, you know, the sales team in Europe and everything. So I'm quite used to that international um, yeah. Uh, collaboration but also client base as well and and I carry on doing that and so although I'm in the UK um, I have uh, some clients in the UK but also some in, in the US and uh, I interact with people in I'm going like New Zealand <laughs> you know literally across the world and so it's no barrier and yeah. yes you know obviously when I'm talking to my clients I want to be um virtually face to face because it's all about body language it's not about what you say it's the tone of your voice but also you know how you present yourself and everything um but i've got the flexibility to actually um it, it is about setting boundaries but also knowing your time if you plan ahead to say okay i have in fact i had a meeting yesterday at eight o'clock in the evening so it's like okay i can do this this and this have my dinner so i'm ready and, and it, so I'm very used to planning my time to make sure I'm not only um, present for the client, I'm actually, you know, mentally um, able to actually serve as well. So I'm going to say internationally and um, but bear in mind, you always have to know your boundaries so that you're looking after yourself as well. Mm. There are also other boundaries. Um connected with that in terms of cultural differences. Thinking about these, um, you also need to know the different value systems that uh, different cultures live in or your client. How do you deal with these cultural differences? Um, two things. First of all, because I, I put the business owner first, I want to understand and get to know them in terms mm -hmm. of what is their environment that they work in and where they find obstacles, uh, but also their support. So by getting to know the person at a, at a personal level helps me mm -hmm. to understand them as a person. Because, you know, yes, we have uh, different uh, rules and regulations, but also beliefs and everything, we're still human. And so by connecting at a personal level, okay. that's, that's step number one. And the other one is, I'm, when I'm networking, I'm not just looking for clients. I'm looking for people that can actually support me in terms of the different areas of uh, what my business owners will actually uh, be exposed to. And so um, it's, it's very important to me to have what I call a board of advisors. Mm -hmm. okay. so, so I've got someone in the US that can actually is familiar with accountancy uh, regulations and everything or on the legal side. Um, so I've got a legal presence, a marketing presence, you know, money mindset presence, as well as a coach for myself to kind of say, you know, how do you deal with this? And, and have you, you know, so coaches need coaches as well. Okay? Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, not just on a, a personal level in terms of someone to support you, but it's that business advice to kind of say. Um, yeah. And so when I'm networking, I'm not. I'm looking for not only joint ventures, but pe people to support me that can actually help to support my clients. Because um, if I can't help a client, I will be very honest to them to say, I, I can guide you. However, if I feel you need an expert, then I can recommend you to somebody else. That's, you know, and so it is about understanding what's best for the client, getting to know them first, but then look at the broader picture in terms of what's their environment, where they, you know, again, if it's government regulations or anything, just to, you know, be honest to yourself, be, have that transparency to the customer as well, to say, 
you know, I think you need to speak to someone local for that area. Mm. And I do know someone, but, you know, I can always introduce you. Yeah. Transparency is very important to me as well. Yeah, it builds trust. It builds Mm. trust with your clients and long-term relationships after all, right? Nita, in your marketing pillar, you talk about the importance of branding. What is your perspective on this? Okay. Um, Your brand identity is actually the aggregation of all of you as a person. You know, as I said, a lot of, uh, there are a lot of people now that are actually, you know, taking that courage step of becoming their own boss. Okay. And, And they're using their name as their brand. Or you know some sort of uh, slogan to um, to help them with that, and so who you are as a person, your promise to the client, your mission, your personality, that would create your brand. Okay, and that's why you know a lot of um, you know it's it's, it's so it's so out there that you need to be authentic because people get to know you as a person because then they can build that trust and you're going to actually do what you say that your marketing says it's going to deliver. Okay, Mm -hmm. so by putting yourself out there in terms of who you are as a person, that creates your brand identity. Okay, and and to say the truth, that's been one of the biggest um, cultural shocks for me from going from corporate to you know being a solo entrepreneur myself is that only you're the person you've got to talk about. You know, it's not about what your your employer does and what their values are and everything because now you're talking about yourself, and sometimes that can be you know being quite vulnerable as well, Uh, and so. You know, taking that, um, what I, in fact, what I say is, you know, you've got to talk to yourself more than you listen. You've got to talk to yourself. Why do I feel like this? You know, and why mm-hmm. is that? And you've got to go through that process. And so if you know who you are as a person, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, how you deal with certain uh, weaknesses, do you accept them or do, are you going to overcome them and learn, learn from them? Um, that creates your brand identity, but also it needs to be sustainable in terms of when you're starting out, you want to think big, but you've got to start small. Okay. Because, you know, people say you can't run before you can walk. The same happens in business, build the foundation of who you are and portray that out there. And also as I said, mentioned before your digital voice, put it out there and, you know, own it and make it, make it heard so that, yeah. And, and I've been quite guilty in that. I've been um, my, my coach, um, she actually says I'm a, I'm a secret, you know, in terms of I'm not putting myself out there. And so by showing up, by sharing my knowledge, um, it's funny because I actually thought what I knew was common knowledge. So that's why I was like, oh, people have heard that all the time. But actually, people don't hear it. If they want to hear it from your, somebody different that they can resonate with. And so your brand identity is who you are as a person, your experiences, how you dealt with those experiences so that people can see, are you who you say you are? Mm-hmm. So let's go on this personal level. <laughs> <laughs> With what you are doing, you are also a thought leader and an influencer in your sphere. Yeah, Thereby, you have built your own personal brand. So what is or makes the best authentic you as neither, in your opinion? Okay. Um, you know, and say so when I was peeling my own layers, um, I learned that I value honesty, mm-hmm. transparency, but also credibility and, um, sorry, respect in terms of when I'm 
putting myself out there and I'm doing it from the heart, I want people to appreciate it, to say, you know what, I actually went out my way to help you. And it's, I don't do things, as I said, in, in a return for anything. I, it's a case of even if you said thank you or what type on the back, that's actually fine by me. Um, so my values are being honest, having that transparency, but also um, being content in yourself in terms of, for me, I need you need to know what success means to you, okay? Success to me, because my son actually said, you know, why don't you get a proper job? And I was like, you mean work for a corporation? Uh, but it was more about, I know what success means to me and that I don't want to work silly hours. I actually want to work probably two, three days a week, but at a personal level, okay, to have that connection with people. But at the same time, I want to spend more time with my mom. I want to have some more time within myself in terms of working not only on my business, but you know, have some what we call white space. So I'm doing some gardening or I'm doing some learning and everything. And so for me, it's about knowing what success means to you and everything that you do to say, is this helping me towards my goals? Does this help me towards my my beliefs and, and the way I want things? Because uh, you know, Friday afternoons, I take off and I want to spend time with my husband. And, and so I put it in my diary to say Friday is me time, but also hubby time and everything. Um, so, yeah, it is. Um, I am. I will go out my way to help people. Um, and it's nice to be able to do that. But at the same time, as I said before, I've learned to appreciate me as a person to say, I need downtime as well. I need time just to, in fact, I do it every morning. I'll probably wake up at five, six o'clock every morning, but it doesn't mean I'm, I'm not at my desk till about nine, maybe 10 o'clock in the morning, because that time in the morning is for me to have that gratitude, to you know, plan my day, but also work my body in terms of stretching and exercising and everything. And so I am, uh, I am who I am and I'm, you know, I'll, I'll have my own voice. I'm not afraid to say how I feel. Uh, sometimes it works against me because some people don't like to hear truth. Uh, so it is a case of if you know that I will, um, I say, I, if I believe it's going to help someone, I'll say that. So, you know, when you walk, if you're shopping and you see a lady that she's got her label sticking out, a lot of people will look and just let it be. I was like, yeah. If someone had, if I had my label sticking out, it'd be nice if someone told me about it. So I would say that to say, oh, you know, just to let you know. And so I'm all for treat people like you want to be treated. Um, but at the same time, you know, do it with, with love and gratitude. That's wonderful. That's so great. Thank you so much for telling us uh, how you, first of all, see yourself as a personal brand and how important that is to be cognizant of that. Mm. You are also, in addition to what you're doing, an independent Tropic Skincare Ambassador. So how come you're doing this? I think this is kind of a network marketing engagement. What are you doing in that particular role and why? Uh, it's funny because I did something very similar. Richard Branson used to own a, a cosmetic brand uh, probably about uh, 15, 10 years ago. And I actually did it for networking in terms of, you know, I'm always meeting corporations and clients and, and everything. I wanted something that was a bit more, and although it was fun, I wanted to connect with people on a personal level that was uh, just as fun, okay? So when I first moved into this uh, house, 
I wanted to get to, to know the neighborhood. And so uh, it's more back to social selling in terms of getting to um, selling, selling cosmetics and skincare at a personal level. And so I did it for networking, which was great. During the COVID period, where I was obviously helping businesses and everything, I was actually at that point where I wasn't looking after myself. Okay, because obviously, as you can imagine, with uh, COVID, a lot of people it affected them financially and everything. And so I wasn't focusing on myself. I wasn't. Uh, I was just using all my skincare products and letting them wear out. And um, just through networking, I discovered um, Tropic, and it made my skin glow. And suddenly, I felt so much better. It was mm -hmm. like you know being injected with uh, you know a ton of vitamins and antioxidants and everything. And then I felt actually, you know what? If we, if I, if I can make myself feel good and it portrays, it sparks my day for the rest of the day, I want to do that for other people as well. But also, I used to have lots of acne when I was a child, and it, you know, it was quite demoralizing for me, and I was taking all these medications and everything. Now I'm able to help girls from the age of twelve, okay, as well as women that are in their seventies, to, you know, help them feel good, to kind of say, okay, yes, it's organic and and vegan. But at the same time, if you invest in yourself, then oh, it, may, um, it just makes you glow, but it makes you smile inside mm. as well as outside as well. And so it is about, you know, helping people at a, I'm going to say almost a deeper personal level, because it's things that some, they believe they can't control, but they actually they can. So, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Connecting, you know, a brand that you really love. It's something that inspires you. It levels you up. You really feel it every day using it, this brand and being also the ambassador because you know there's other people out there. It would help them. Mm -hmm. So you're really great connector bringing both together the brand that is doing these ultimate things and the people that really, really need it. And also the fact I'm able to do it virtually. So I actually, you know, where people yeah. um, are stuck at home, I've been doing virtual pampers and yeah. showing them how to do lymphatic facials and everything. And so it's fun as well. Um, yes, it tends to be women, but I do have some male clients as well. But yeah, I do it as a pamper hour to, and so, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to do it. But also it gives me a break from doing something, uh, you know, at business level, but also personally yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that. Good. I have one more question for you. Mm -hmm. You uh, mentioned before in your past, you have been working with the Cadbury on its side in the UK. I would like to know what is your favorite chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, I'm going to have to say, um, I do like nuts. Okay, uh -huh. so hazelnuts, almonds, pistachios, all of them. Uh, uh, but it's got to be a little bit healthier as well. So although I used to like the milk chocolate, the dairy milk, the ingredients has changed over time. So now mm -hmm. it's dark chocolate with lots of nuts. It is a bit of alcohol. It always helps, but it's not necessary. Okay. <laughs> I'm also this dark chocolate kind of girl. Yeah. So I love that too. And it can also be with nuts. Yeah, <laughs> Something we share, right? Good. Before we come to the end of our show, Nita, I would like to do a very quick word wrap with you. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to give me quick and short answers? Far away. <laughs> okay, let's start. Thriving. Working on impulse. Oh, courage. Standing your ground. Mm -hmm. Mindset. 
I'm going to say to have a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. Great. So, I love that. I don't know if I've explained that properly. So mindset is, is it's going deep within yourself. It's peeling yeah. those layers of, it's, it's a mixture of, um, you know, when people say, uh, go back to your roots, a lot of people interpret that of where they, where their family came from. You know, my, my mom mm. came from, uh, from Africa and it's just like going back to your roots. No, going back to your roots means what made you the person that you are today. So go back to your childhood. What, you know, what, occurrences or life changes happened to you that gave you that resilience you know and I don't know if you remember um, there's one session I went to it's a case of go go back to when you were a child what happened to you mm-hmm. go back to when you were a teenager what what challenges and so that basically evolves you who you are and so your mindset is not why you like that it's what happened to you over your lifetime to understand why you are the way you are, why you have the resilience that you have, or why you have the anger that you have. And so it is about digging deep, or we say peeling those onion layers of yeah. understanding who you are, but also, again, it helps to understand other people. And I think Oprah, Oprah Winfrey has written a book, it's not a case of why is someone like that, it's like what happened to that person to understand them. Exactly. And that's where the mindset comes from. I love your definition because I also live by that. And there is very often a misconception and then miscommunication about mindset. So I think we really should make clear what we understand by it. Yeah. Good. Agility. Agility. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's funny you should say this. I remember um, remember going into labor, you know, when I had my first child and it was a case of, you know, everything will go, the doctors will do this and the doctors do that. And it's a case of, you know what, just accept things as they are. Trust that um, people know, the experts know what they're good at. And so being agile is a case of throw away all the processes and all the structures. Just be in the moment and just let it happen. Uh, And And so agility is about letting go and just being present in the moment. Wonderful. Last but not least, brains. Brand, okay. Um, When we talked about brand identity, and again, that's about who you want to portray yourself to the outside world, okay? And so, you know, as I said, what is your promise? Who are you as a person? But who do you want to be known for? You know, what, 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 if people say, you know, let's just do it, people think of Nike. If people say, think differently, they're thinking of Apple. But also, why did they, I don't know if people know this, does anybody know why uh, Think Differently actually came about in the first place? You know, Apple thought of that slogan for two reasons. One, it was to have the innovative mind to think differently, Mm -hmm. to have new ideas. But also, uh, and I didn't know this at the time when I worked for IBM, it was Think IBM. And so what Apple was saying is think differently. Don't think IBM, think differently. Exactly. Your brand is about who do you want to be, you know, what do you want to be known for to the outside world? Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Thank you, Nita. Now, where would people find you? Okay. Um, I tend to hang out on LinkedIn. Um, I've been there since, oh my God, probably about close to 15 years. Um, And it is, uh, so I hang out on LinkedIn. Uh, I do have an, an Instagram account. But I find that um, 
LinkedIn is my place to go. So I can say I can share my, uh, in fact, just type in Nita Solanke uh, and as well as nitasolanke.com on my website. And I've got more details about my story of you know, how we got started, how I got started, uh, but also how I help business owners as well. Great. Thank you, Nita. Thank you for being my guest today on Brands Talk. It really was a pleasure having you here, hearing your personal story and how you help your clients to elevate their performance and reignite the fire and passion back into the life and business. Yeah, and talking about that, we should never let others define us. Thank you, Nita. Well, thank, thank you so much for the questions and everything. It was uh, really enjoyable. Thank you. Thank you. And that was my conversation with Nita Solanki. If you like my show, head over to bridgetbrands.com and sign up for my newsletter to never miss an episode. I look forward to welcoming you in my community. Also, don't forget to subscribe to my Brands Talk podcast on your preferred app. Share it on social media and if you find a minute or two, leave a quick rating or review. Thank you so much. I hope you will stay tuned in on the next episode when we dive into the world of brains. Mm -hmm.